Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about random topics. I'm Kev. And I'm Jack. Let's talk about Kanye West, a.k.a. Yay. And the new genius documentary trilogy that just came out on Netflix. Spelled, you know, a little differently. J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S. Kind of like the name straight off because the whole debate with Kanye being a genius has always been a thing. It just made sense. Easily pro the name right away. Just imagine yelling at Sway or any other interviewer and just saying that. And yeah, I think it was probably the perfect title for this. So we've both been kind of checked out on Kanye for a while, which we'll get into. But this documentary, I think, was a good tool to look back at some of that and also see some of the things we fell in love with about him originally. So we'll get into that in a sec, but to start it off, we'll just briefly go through our background with Kanye of our timeline with him, essentially. Yeah, for me, I remember the moment. I don't remember what year this was. What year did graduation come out? Oh, six. So it had to be like right before that. Kind of knew of Kanye just because of, believe it or not, like Jesus Walks and mm-hmm. Through the Wire, Sucker Free Sundays, MTV Days, <laughs> BET Days. Low-key, I was never really a big fan of Jesus Walks. You know, he was whatever. Every time I'd come on, I'd like, this one, I go to the kitchen, grab cereal (laughs) real quick, let the song play out. And your mom was like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. Jesus, I'm liking this. Yeah, Christian rap has evolved. Wow, (laughs) you know? (laughs) But, like, I remember that. Wasn't a fan of his at the point. However, soon after, with, like, the rollout of graduation is when I started to uh, become more of a fan. He already had college dropout and late registration out, obviously. One of my good friends, Irv, his brother Jose also were really big fans. Irv's brother Jose was like the older guy. He was like the trendy dude. He's kind of <laughs> like where we got a lot of like our, you know how you get like a lot of shit from the older brother, like mm-hmm. music, fashion, just cause he was older and more in that world. I remember like graduation being like a whole thing the album coming out and him saying like yo i gotta hit fye and like cop the album like after <laughs> class or some shit or like i might skip just to go get it this and that and i was like yo what's like what's the hype around this and he's like nah bro there's like a whole thing like if i remember right there was like a battle between him and 50 for the massacre or maybe get rich or die trying no get rich or die trying was earlier earlier it was probably the massacre yeah but yeah there was a whole thing with him and 50 like on the rolling stone cover i think it was and all that yeah 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 the face off and shit and it was essentially when like i guess kanye like took over officially took over like the rap world he already had his awards and shit but 50 was still 50 you know yeah and he slandered him in album sales yeah no insane started to understand the hype and once irv got the album and we like played it back at his crib and i was just like holy fuck like, this <laughs> is actually fire and i remember at the time it was uh skate the game i think was out and i used to just play skate while like playing graduation in the background and that's kind of like how i remember it and like my memory of it and then 808s and heartbreak came out and that's when i was like yeah it's my shit from then on it was like follow the kanye hype my Beautiful Twisted Dark Fantasy, Then Wash the Throne, Good Friday Days. Not even to get into the fashion world, but uh, the Nike collab with Yeezy. Mm-hmm. An abundance of like good shit coming from Kanye. Still was a huge fan. Probably until like Yeezus came out. Which at the time I wasn't the biggest fan. 
kind of like the album covers like a no cover type of look yeah of a physical cd yeah it's like just a physical cd kind of look like a bootleg or whatever fun but it was just one like he started switching up his sound even though he kind of did that with 808s but grow me later on but after that I'd, I'd say that's for sure like the the beginning of the downhill slope for me and when the life of pablo came out it got sad and again not to get into it either right now with the whole mental breakdowns and the controversy here controversy there even though he was kind of controversial already but kind of got out of line out of pocket and that's my kanye story <laughs> and now here we are yeah mine is not too off from yours I also found him somewhere in that period between late registration and graduation. When exactly, I don't remember fully, but I remember being really hyped for graduation to come out and anticipating it, so I definitely was already a fan at that point. There's one point I remember where I think I was already aware of Kanye, but not 100% sure, but we were in class in school and we had to write some poem i think it could be either your own or you could do it from something else but either way one of my friends at the time he basically wrote down the verse from roses or maybe all of it whatever i remember reading part of that from his paper because we were sitting next to each other and being like damn so i remember going to look it up and either before or after that or a mix catching up with college dropout and late registration and then graduation came out and yeah it was just that still is my favorite Kanye album from the music to the album cover everything after that i was definitely reading his blog heavy where he would post you know basically anything he was interested in from furniture design to artists to just crazy ideas he had he had the all caps font you know with like the paragraph titles and all that kind of stuff and then 808s and Heartbreaks came out, and I was kind of eh, not my really favorite thing. Still feel that way. Like, it's not bad, but I've never really gotten into it. Even though it was heavily influenced by Kid Cudi, who I was and still pretty much am, as, at least compared to Kanye, a fan of, especially around that time. But I was like, no problem. Like you said, he was doing tons of other shit in fashion or whatever. And then... When My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy came out and Good Fridays, you know, around that time as well, that was like a peak Kanye era. That was one of the more special times for him to be putting stuff out. And even in the years after it came out, because that was 2010, even in the years after, it was something I was still bumping all the time. And, you know, friends, we would all play it constantly. And even like the VMA's Runaway performance and stuff like that. Or the Runaway short film that he did, the 35-minute one. So he was just firing on all cylinders. Then he does Watch the Throne, the collab album with Jay in 2011. And that was also very solid album with some hits on it. And then Yeezus came out, which I admit it took time to grow on me, but then I eventually liked it more. But like you said, with The Life of Pablo, that's when it really started to go down. I actually went to Madison Square Garden with Pedro the day that he was premiering the songs and did like the fashion collection at the same time. And the experience was cool, but the music, even hearing it for the first time, is like, uh, it's not really, uh, 
what I was hoping for. And then after that, with all of his actions, with the Trump stuff and just kind of the wild shit he's been saying, especially over the past like five years, just became hard to want to listen to him at all. And that's kind of how it's gone. And even lately, it's just gotten worse and worse with the divorce and then all this dumb Pete Davidson stuff, etc. But I mean, that run from 2004 to 2013, from college dropout to Jesus is going to be hard to top. Yeah, that was one of those runs that, yeah, like, I don't see anyone else, like, beating in that way. It was just too strong and on top of his game. And I feel like we would have a different view on, like, all this shit if he wasn't going through the whole thing and the mental problems. And even if at some points it wasn't mental and it was just him being who he is. Not that we'd like the music, but I feel like we wouldn't think of it as as bad as it was. Because people fucking love it. Some people do. Like, I have a couple friends that think The Life of Pablo is, like, his best work. <laughs> and I've seen that online. And obviously, I've seen that with a couple co-workers and stuff. There's, like, this progression on, like, people's favorite Kanye album. Mm-hmm. It basically goes with age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, again, like, I feel we are a bit biased. Obviously, there's the hardcore Kanye stands that, like, I've still listened to all of them. There's actually albums I still can't even name a single song by, like the the Mountains one or the Bipolar one or Jesus is King. Not listening. I don't think I've even heard a single like song from that. So again, after Life of Pablo kind of broke off, wasn't really interested until Donda came out. Not the second part, but the first Donda. There was the hype like, yo, oh, Kanye's back. Like, yo, this shit's different. I'll give it a try. Why not? And... I didn't dislike it. Donda's actually not bad. Doesn't compare to what I like about him, but there's some beautiful music in it. I'll just say that. And basically that leads us up to present day where he dropped the Donda album last year named after his mom who passed away. And Donda 2 has just come out via Stem Player, which is like a $200 device where you can remix the songs or isolate sounds and etc. But we can save that for now. Maybe let's go on to the documentary stuff. So were you always planning to watch this or how did you feel going into it in general? Not at all. So the documentary came out and I was on the fence. I didn't know if I was going to watch like The Last Dance by Michael Jordan. We know how I feel about the man. <laughs> like his sneakers. Don't really like the man much, but I was like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe when they all come out, because it's also pushed as a trilogy. They only dropped one episode, blah, blah, blah. But one day I was like looking for something to watch and I watched stuff through my PS5 and opened Netflix, set my controller. And as I set it down, you know how you just grab like a video game console controller, you like naturally kind of have your thumb on the finger. And as I put Mm -hmm. it down, I clicked, you know, like Netflix opens with the most popular thing to watch right now or some shit. Right. I clicked and I was like, oh, fuck. And then the first thing that pops on the screen just says... Dominican Republic, yeah. like 2020 or 2021, and I was like, ah, shit, I guess I'm watching. <laughs> Back to the motherland. You already know how to grab my attention. Kind of just knows, man. When I saw that, I was like, all right, they made this just for Kev, because they don't even stay on it that long. Like, they come back to it later. Bro, it was literally a minute, or like, less. it was like even pointless in a way. It wasn't necessary, but literally, it was like there on purpose. Like, it grabbed my attention. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, 
I guess I'm watching it now. <laughs> There's hey, no I mean, choice. they talk about signs of God in it. You know, that was your sign from God to watch it. Boom. Grabbed my attention. And honestly, like quickly after that, I was like, oh shit, like this isn't bad. I remember telling you or maybe not like, oh, you should give this a try after I saw the first episode. It's funny because you actually like I told you to watch it. You watched the whole thing and I still only really watched the first episode. <laughs> but it quickly caught my attention because at least from the first episode, it wasn't really all Kanye. You could focus on other things that weren't Kanye related within this mm -hmm. doc. And that's probably what I liked the most. Part of that to me, it felt almost like a hip hop history documentary in a way, too, because it had so many cameos from Jay to Pharrell, etc., so many people in the cut, even from Ivan Jasper to Don C, who were part of his crew, and a bunch of other smaller people, too. And basically, for people who don't know, it's filmed by this guy, Cootie, and this other guy, Chike, came on later, too, for some of the graphic stuff. But basically, Cootie had been filming Kanye since before he even got a record deal and everything. So he has so much old footage. Kanye's wearing, like, a retainer and everything. And it's this really great film footage that holds up super well in terms of quality and kind of primarily focuses up to the release of College Dropout, but also a little bit of stuff after and then goes in some different routes, zigzagging throughout the years. But the majority of it are those early years and kind of come up period. So it's interesting to see all that in a different kind of way. Yeah, and... I mean, you said it right there. That's pretty much what got me to watch it and even be interested in the first place. It's just Cootie himself having like that strike or that light bulb effect when he was like, holy shit. Imagine dropping like everything you're doing to like follow this possible upcoming rapper and like just record him because you believe in him so much that he's going to make it and you kind of want to be there to grab and document this whole thing. Which, by the way reportedly i don't know if this is the exact number but cootie and chike for the netflix deal got around 30 million so you know just think about investments in a different way yeah and again i'm pretty sure he was getting paid maybe not a lot getting money but he literally did all that for this day for this payout for this which is basically 20 years later yeah and a lot of the times, like, Kanye would walk in a room and obviously Cootie or Chike, whoever's, like, walking behind him with the camera. And, like, I guess people get weirded out. Like, yo, what the fuck? Who's the dude with the camera? <laughs> and he would just be like, oh, no, uh, we're filming a documentary. And everyone's looking at him like, bro, you're you're like a producer, bro. Like, right, right. They'll almost, like, look at him. And that's part of the thing of the documentary, at least of the first episode, where he almost, like, didn't have the respect. And it was almost like a crazy thing. Like, yeah, uh, like, relax. You just make beats for us type thing. Yeah, even the one guy's like, oh, when's the documentary over? And this was in, like, 04 or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, well. Again, it's one of those things where Cootie says, like, when COVID happened, he decided, like, oh, this might be, like, when I should start working, I'm putting this together. But if you think about it, this could have been an ongoing thing. Yeah. But that was one of the things that grabbed me into it, just Cootie and just having the foresight to, like, see his genius and seeing that there was like something special here yeah i think part of it too even beyond just believing in him at that level as someone who has tried to document not this intensely but tried to somewhat document our different projects over the years that we've worked on 
For example, doing the little commentary videos for the Eldridge shoot that we did the short film of and stuff like that, just preserving these ideas. There's something about the fact that it took this long to come out where as long as you're documenting and preserving these things and you have them there, and not that this is the only reason you're doing it, but there is something cool about the idea that, oh, one day, even if it takes a super long time, this could turn into something, whatever it is, you know, a MoMA retrospective, or in this case, a Netflix documentary series or whatever it'll turn out to be. Kanye special, not everyone's Kanye. But it, it makes you think, like, yeah, maybe I should be documenting or, like... Yeah, I mean, worst that happens is you just have good memories and photos or footage or whatever of these times. Yeah, exactly. And it's so dope, especially with that process. Like you mentioned, we've kind of done it before. It's just dope to go back and see that. Yeah. And the other thing I really liked or got from this whole trilogy is just Donda. Literally, Donda as a person, Donda as Kanye's mom and like who she was. I've always heard like how much she meant to Kanye, especially after, you know, she passed away and he kind of was right before graduation or like before he recorded 808s. Yeah, it was in 07. So it was something that wasn't like new to me. However, I had never like seen it or even understood what that meant until I started Mm -hmm. watching this. And instantly from like the first scenes or the first couple clips you see Donda, you're like, holy fuck. She was like literally Kanye's world. She's what made Kanye. She's the one that gave Kanye the confidence that he has that most people see as like this overly cocky or like why he calls himself a genius. That's all Donda. He'd almost like look up to her and what she had to say about certain things. And it was like he was looking for that green light or for her to like give him like oh shit yeah like this is fucking great even though he knows it's good but just that and she was almost like a fan of his and that shit was amazing yeah, I she knew the lyrics like, and all that yeah like that part where they're like in the apartment and she brought up a song that he hadn't even released or anything but she knew like the words to it yeah like she really like studied and i think she was like an english professor too or something like that yeah yeah and Bro, that's like amazing. That's like parenting 101. That's like what you want to be as a parent. And you saw that literally like if he's looking down, like she comes in the room, you can see him like right away. He like lights up and like go back to their old house and they're like in the step stool and they're having like these crazy like one-on-one moments that again, they gave Cootie like the freedom to like record. And it was super sweet. And he's like, oh, I love you, mom and blah, blah. It even felt natural, even though there was, like, in front of a camera. It was, mm-hmm. like, a real conversation. And that shit, I was like, holy fuck. Like, I get it now. And made me understand Kanye just a little bit more. So that was really nice to see. Again, not that everything else he did is okay or, like, gives it an okay for him to act a little crazy in the future and grief the way he did and all that. But this is what it is. Going off that, too, and connecting it to his modern day actions or in the past five years, even more, you could argue that part of it is he lost that foundation of having his mom as like a guiding light. And also even on top of that, you see in the documentary that at a certain point, even around graduation era in 06, he doesn't even allow Cootie to be filming him anymore like that. Like, He'll come once in a while and film certain things, but he's not filming like he used to. 
which some of that might be just logistics or whatever it might be in terms of why they drifted apart in that way. But I bring it up because Kanye started to not have the people who he knew growing up around him that would keep him centered and grounded. And instead, that overconfident ego, which was kind of steered in a good way through Mama West, turned into something else because it went to extremes that if his mom had been around that whole time, how different would things have been? But I agree in general, it was really sweet to see their moments and it felt really intimate from the apartment scenes to like you said, their old house and everything and how he started getting her more involved with just going everywhere once he blew up and they started like a foundation and all this stuff. So that was definitely a big part of it for sure. With his mom still there for him during all these times, I feel like he would have still had the ideas he had, but I don't know that he would have been as controversial as he was. Like his mm -hmm. mom, I feel like would have helped control it a little better, but we see glimpses of what he became in the documentary. I think one of the parts was like when it's before like his mom's passing, but do this thing for like a foundation they had together. And she asked him to like do some questions or something. And you only see a small part of it, but like a person asks one question and he <laughs> seems to go into like a rant. Yeah. And I'm sure it was one of those where like if you were there, you're like, whoa, okay. Like, <laughs> a bunch of little kids like, what? He is got he passionate. <laughs> he got passionate. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it reminded me, shout out to Shane Powers, that thing he used to say that like money or like fame is uh like a magnifier or some shit like that mm -hmm. that once you like get bigger and bigger and bigger whatever you are just kind of again magnifies or like when you have that money when you have that fame whatever you are just you could do it bigger now so maybe it was something that was bound to happen regardless like he had this in he blew up got bigger and bigger and these rants these ideas these thoughts obviously got more and more controversial or bigger and bigger or he got worse at saying them to people but yeah it's something that i've for sure been thinking about since i watched the documentary especially like the last episode which is where like you see the bulk of that you're mentioning how seeing some of the mom stuff with donda west changed your perspective on kanye a little bit in that aspect but where would you say you feel like you're at with him now after seeing all this because it's also interesting timing. I mean, you brought up how Kudi decided to edit this in the pandemic, and that was tied into the release timing, but this could have came out even a decade ago. But the fact that all this other stuff has happened since, it basically makes it into this two-sided coin type of thing. Like, he had all this stuff, and he was this person, and now he's this person. How do you balance those things? I'm still, like, a weird in-between, and again, it's still coming out in the middle of like another bad Kanye era, I guess you could call it. Um, I don't hate Kanye. I never really did. I kind of just lost my interest in him. I kind of could care less. Now he's kind of gained me back a little bit. I understand that it is a mental thing. I get that he's not fully in control of all of that. I don't think I'll ever like him as much as I did back then. I feel like a weird in-between because not to bring it up again, but I guess it's easier to compare that way. Just like Jordan with the Jordan documentary. The whole time before that, obviously anyone that grew up playing with him, grew up watching him, grew up in that era, knows he's the greatest. But 
everyone knew him as an asshole, almost like as a villain, also in a way. It's like the other side of his coin. And I feel like the doc for Mike was supposed to like even out the playing field a little bit. Like here, this is what he was dealing with. This is how great he was for the people that didn't watch him, like the youth here. I feel like they were trying to do something similar with this doc. Not to call Kanye the Michael Jordan of rap. He could be in that conversation. Even though his mom says at one point, you play tracks like Michael Jordan shoots free throws. She got quotes, bro. She got quotables. <laughs> Sweet lady. This could have been the Jordan doc and what the Jordan doc did for Jordan. Because I feel like after the Jordan documentary, like I didn't hate him as much. I understood that like his ways were more of a mentality. You know, you hear Mamba mentality with Kobe all the time. But you got that from Jordan. Like, it's a thing. He almost created enemies in order to play better. Yeah, it's a competitive thing so that yeah. he could be the best possible athlete he could. Yeah, it's like a, it's a strategy. It looks bad. It makes it look ugly. But it works. And I hate you a little less for it. I feel like there was room for this to be that for Kanye. Like, yo, hate him less. Like, look has no control of this it was the grieving from his mom and he had no guidance and you even see parts where he talks to his dad and you could tell that he's like not enjoying it he's only doing that because like he has to it's his dad is like the only thing he has but the relationship isn't there he's like rolling his eyes or like <laughs> seems annoyed the whole time this is in the middle of them talking about kanye running for president and stuff yeah yeah and he's just done a rally where he's just ranting the whole time and he's explaining his you know reasoning why he is doing it the way he has and his dad is like yeah i hear you but you know maybe write it down next time and kanye just like mm. you're telling kanye that you know <laughs> like it's your son know him better i feel like that's the one thing the documentary didn't like do or like it didn't finish off for me at least and it's like fuck like this could have been so a little bit more epic than it is but that's why i'm kind of like in between I, I still give him a bit more of a chance when it comes to his art and stuff but i think kanye is his own worst enemy from my perspective in terms of his actions yeah. where in the documentary he's portrayed as someone who is trying to do his best what he feels is his best to make the world a better place and sometimes he is doing that he's focusing on like how can we get this shoe or this song or whatever it is to be the best possible thing or how can this system work better for the world but then in the tabloid stuff he's wasting his time and being distracted by all this other stuff i feel like i had pushed away a lot of those thoughts of the old kanye because i was just so annoyed and frustrated with who he's become and genius made me open up to that again and I was even listening to the old albums a bunch after to just kind of tap into that before we recorded. And there's so many good moments, good songs, good memories tied to all that, which have become partially spoiled. I mean, this did help, like I'm saying, to have a little bit more of the love for that time again. But at the same time, there's still so much baggage tied to everything. And it just makes it difficult where I feel like he's fallen off to now being someone that we don't even care about what they put out really. And with all the other stuff around it, it just makes it a headache. So I don't know. I think they tried to leave it open to interpretation, but I do think Cootie was inherently biased in a way, just because he's trying to show 
even in these times, some humanity to him. You know, he has that access that other people can't get. To your point, I do think it is like a pretty biased documentary, even in terms of like the first two episodes. It's like this whole Mm -hmm. process, like they slowed down this period where he's trying to drop his first studio album or get signed, whatever it is. And it's beautiful when you see like all the little things and the cameos and the makings of these like iconic songs that we know and love. But then the ugly parts, you know, like the really ugly parts, I feel like it just fast forward through everything. Yeah. Not that I would want to watch two more episodes of the Kanye controversies, but it felt like, yeah, like almost like Cootie was also protecting him and protecting everything that he worked for. It felt to me with those later times that he was putting it in there almost as an obligation that, oh, I have to include this for context. But he wasn't interested in really exploring that beyond the footage he would sometimes capture in between when he saw him. Yeah, like not at all. And I mean, there's proof of it. Like there's a part where he's like, oh, Kanye started going into this thing. And it's the first time that I put down the camera. Like, oh, I don't want to. Right. Which also didn't really make sense when he did that. And if anything, it just shows that he was biased the whole time and he's not even trying to hide that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, no, like, I don't want to show this. It's literally like protecting, which is fine. Like, if you're in his shoes, you probably want to do the same. I get it. But it does show that it it is biased. And that's where I think the documentary falls a little short. Because, again, I think it's trying to push this idea of, like, he's not that bad, this. And, like, look at all this greatness. Separate the artist from the, the brain or whatever it is that saying goes. But, yeah, you're hiding controversy. You're, like, not pushing it and it doesn't do that like i don't feel any more sympathy for kanye yeah even hunter harris who's a great writer she wrote about how chapter three felt like a friendship breakup but that cootie was not willing at all to investigate in any real way which i yeah agree with agree my main complaint over time is that kanye himself isn't necessarily all that different in terms of confidence and actions and controversy and all that. That's always been there. But before it felt like he was doing it for people to believe in themselves, whether it's artists or just anyone who's trying to chase their dream, trying to chase their vision to make it a reality. That spirit has just felt gone ever since Life of Pablo, especially. And yeah, like you said, I don't know if we'll ever get back the quote-unquote old Kanye, which is like a running joke at this point. So it's kind of like, where do you go from here? I don't know. I'm sure it'll just keeping the usual crazy antics and who knows. But yeah, obviously there's a lot of details in the doc we didn't touch on. It's like four and a half hours worth of stuff. We could be here all day. And there's tons of other Kanye stuff in general from the Taylor Swift incident to the fashion stuff to good music as a label and everything but maybe we'll touch on those in the future at some point for this time we just wanted to focus on our initial experiences and the docs so yeah overall kanye still kanye we kind of know what we're gonna get from him and this is only proven by like the documentary he kind of is who he is at this point and you either deal with it or you don't even though i wouldn't say this changed much of my perspective on kanye I still truly really enjoyed it. feel like there's things to get out of it. Or, I mean, if you were just a fan of like the late registration era and that Rice 
and that come up it's fucking great like it's literally cool to see especially with all the cameos and like that time and place new york and chicago and even la in some parts maybe it's something where like i'd want to break it up like i do episode one and two it's like an easy pro for me like solid pro mm-hmm. third episode i'd go light con it does show a lot of the ugly it's just again like we mentioned seems a little biased but if i put them together i go like light pro light to solid pro not bad at all still recommend it it's one of those things whether we like how ugly it got or not it's like part of pop culture and like rap history if you're a fan i still recommend you watching it yeah i agree with all the grades you said and how you broke it up and everything i think that a lot of our mutual friends who have been feeling the same about kanye in terms of being out on him in recent years even to them some of them recommended to me even before watching i wasn't initially going to watch and then between them and you and etc i ended up peeping and now I've been recommending it to other people who are in that same boat saying, I get it, you know, I've been over Kanye shit too, but it's still worth the watch, it's still really interesting. And even part three, like, I don't like how that was done, but it did have some moments. Even I love when he goes to see that person who makes the bowls, just because he's Kanye, he can do that and explore those ideas and stuff. But yeah, definitely not fully satisfying. That wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Kev. You can find me at same old Kev pretty much everywhere. And I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. Love yourself like Kanye loves Kanye. <laughs>